Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. I'll be reading from the King James Version this morning. Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19. I want to tell you that I'm going to be preaching about the rock-solid church. The rock-solid church. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Can you say that with me? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but by my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. As you look at this scripture, honestly, you could read very quickly through it and miss a lot of things. Because the Bible simply tells us that Jesus and his disciples were walking through an area called Caesarea Philippi. And what we don't know unless we study and we begin to break down all of this passage is that this was a very corrupt area. It had been influenced by both Greek and Roman culture. There was Baal worship. There was pagan worship. And as we look at this area, Caesarea Philippi, if we were to equate it to our day, we would say that this was a red light district. There was idol worship, prostitution, child sacrifices, and unnameable atrocities. This was Sin City. Statues of pagan gods were there. I've been to that place in Israel. There is a, a sheer cliff, a rock surface there. And as you look at it, there are places carved into the edifice where they could put their idols and their statues of their pagan gods. And so as Jesus is declaring this word over his disciples, that's the scenery. A wicked, evil place. A place where they came to sacrifice children and to sacrifice animals to these pagan gods. And so it's a wicked, evil place. And as I began to look at this, I thought, Lord, not only was it evil then, but it is now. You don't have to look very far. You can find places where this is happening. And we live in a very evil world. Uh, people are attracted to this kind of life. And people are drawn to this. And, and we see that Jesus is about to declare the beginning of his church and the beginning of his kingdom. And, and as he comes to them, here is the setting and he asked them simply one question, whom do 
they say that the Son of Man is. Who is Jesus? And he, and he comes to them, and many people have heard about Jesus. They may have heard scriptures. They may have been even raised in church, but they don't really know who Jesus is. And that's a part of the job of the church is to explain that and to teach that. And he comes to them and he says, who do they think that I am? And they, the people around them were thinking that he was a great man. You know, since the birth of Jesus, there has been a question for the world about his identity. Who is this Jesus? We know that he was a man of greatness. We know that he lived an extraordinary life. We know that he was a great teacher and possibly the greatest prophet and priest in all of history. To this day, presidents and lawyers and philosophers quote Jesus' words. And even the people of Jesus' day understood his uniqueness. Some of the people thought he was John the Baptist. The one who'd come to declare the beginning of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some thought that he was Elijah. That great prophet who was known for the miracles and the calling down of fire and the calling down of rain. There's always been a question about Jesus' identity. And the crowd had a great opinion about Jesus. The problem was that they underestimated who Jesus was. They didn't really know who he was. They underestimated him, for he is not just a great teacher or a great prophet. And he is what Peter said he is. He is the Christ. The anointed one is what that means. The Savior of the world come to save his people. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want you to know that He is a living God. He is not dead. He is alive, uh, knows His people, and moves for His people. He's a living God. And Jesus is the Son of the living God. Jesus assumed that His disciples would have a different thought about who He was. Who is Jesus to you? You see, it's not enough to understand what the crowd thinks he is. But you for yourself must encounter Jesus. For you can know about him but not know him. And we must have this encounter through a personal relationship with him and, and, and deeper and deeper encounters being filled with his Holy Spirit, being filled with his anointing. And God wants us to know him. And whom to know is everlasting life, eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so Peter spoke. He knew that Jesus was much more than the crowd thought. Much more. He was Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it was not his own thoughts or his intellect or something that he read. It was God revealed supernatural revelation. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the one that 
all of Israel has been looking for it, has been prophesied down through the ages, hundreds and hundreds of years. We have been looking for you. And Peter declares, you are that one. You're the one who will make all things right. You're the one who come to save his people. And Jesus follows this with a statement. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. This is the very first mention of the church. No other mention before this. It is the word ecclesia. You are the church. I will build my church upon this rock. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. That's what that word means, the called out ones. Back in November, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night, 3.16 a.m., no coincidence. And he spoke these words to me, and he said, this year will be a year that is focused upon evangelism and salvation. You see, God is about saving people from their sins. And we are the ecclesia, the called out ones. Not the called in ones, not the ones who hibernate inside of the four walls of the church, not the ones who uh, seek shelter there from an evil world, not the ones who are, are scared of what the enemy is doing, but we are the called out ones to make a difference in this world. Called out anointed for a specific time and purpose, like Esther. But who knows that you are called for such a time as this. You're his chosen ones, his called out ones. You see, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will do it. Not I hope to, not I might, not if everything goes right, then I will build my church. It's a claim of ownership. Every once in a while, your pastor gets disturbed, upset, a little depressed when the church doesn't seem to be growing. Truth. And then I go to prayer and I begin to pray and the Lord whispers in my ear, Son, it's not your church, it's mine. I'm not responsible for the growth. I'm responsible to be a called out one and to go, but he is responsible for the harvest that comes. We are the called out ones, and we must go where he calls us to go. Called out. Look at your neighbor and tell him you've been called out. We're his church. And Jesus said something strange. He said, I will build this church upon this rock. This rock. When I'm reading the word of God, I ask questions, and then I seek the answer. That's what we're supposed to do. And he, he tells them, I'm going to found this church upon a rock. This rock Number one is Jesus himself. Without the foundation and that cornerstone, 
known as Jesus, the one that the builders rejected, then we have no foundation other than Christ Jesus. He is the rock himself. And then that statement that Peter made, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That bold proclamation, that confession of faith. You see, that is what this church is built upon these called out ones that we have trusted in God we have believed that he is the son of the living God that he is the Messiah the Christ and so he is built upon that rock I can almost see Jesus and Peter and the disciples sitting there and Jesus calls Simon Peter and he says, you're a rock, a little rock, though. But upon, and he begins to point to himself, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You see, this church cannot be defeated. It cannot be overcome. For it is founded upon Christ in the confession of faith. And God takes Peter... This rambunctious, I, I love Peter because I'm, I'm, sometimes I've been known to be a little rambunctious, a little little stick your foot in your mouth, a little do things before you think, and, and, and I can associate with Peter. And God tells Peter, this one who reaches out and does things before he thinks about it, I'm going to use you. That excites me because I'm not quite as rambunctious as Peter was. And God can use him and he can take that rambunctious man and he can make him into a pillar and a stone for the church and God can use each one of us. He humbles that man and he uses them. This church is built upon us. We are the church. 1 Peter 2, 5 tells us, You also as living stones are being built upon a spiritual house. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a part to play in the church. The church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. You see, that tells me that we are not called to play defense, but offense. We are to storm the very gates of hell. We are to go back after what the devil has tried to steal in our lives. Whether it is our peace, whether it is our joy, whether it is our children, whether it is our relationships, we are to storm by the offense and the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to take back what the enemy has tried to take from us. And so this church is not a weakling church. This church is not a, you know, a pansy type of church that Jesus is describing. This is a church that is a powerful, indestructible uh, entity. The very darkness and death of hell. The power and the policies of hell, the plots and the plans and the strategies of hell will never overwhelm the church of Jesus Christ. Church is not made of brick and mortar. It is made of that confession of faith, of Jesus himself, of us who are called to be the living stones. It's active, strong, full of energy. It is strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. God did not give you the power of the Holy Spirit to make you shake and quake. 
He gave you the power of the Holy Spirit that you might win a world that is lost and undone. And just like Caesarea Philippi, to come to Jesus in whom is life everlasting. Now, I don't mind to shake and to quake and to rejoice and to clap my hands. For we have something to be excited about. He's that rock. And we, Paul said, are the church, a body. Peter says we are a living temple. What does that tell each one of us? That we are essential to the church. We're essential. For one stone does not make a building or a temple. And one organ does not make a body. I need you and you need me. And as we work together, there is a power in unity that comes to the church of God, that comes to his saints, and he says, if you'll work together, then I'll add my blessing to it, and you will be overcomers in this world. We are, look at this, salt and light. Salt and light. We make the world thirsty for Jesus because we're different than the world. And we bring light into the darkness so that Jesus might be seen and exalted and the world might want to come to him. That's what Jesus said we are. I'm to be the salt and the light. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about him. He can save a sin-sick soul. He can touch your life and change it and reverse the trajectory of your life is upon this rock. We have a power to make a difference in this world. The Bible says that we can bind and loose. That Jesus has given us authority, the keys of the kingdom. If I have the keys, I can allow in or I can shut out. Jesus has given us that power and that authority that we might have the ability to witness to a lost world. Who do you say that I am? Jesus said. Who do you say? You see, what you think about Jesus will reflect in how you think about the church. I meet so many people that says, Pastor, I don't need to go to church. I'm saved. Yeah, you are. But why wouldn't you want to go to the church that he built? not man's church it's his and he said you need to go there even more so as you see the day approaching he's coming he's coming again and we need to be ready look at your neighbor say you got to be ready you got to be ready he's coming